and read same day. So tell your doctor, refer you to Titan MRI or call them at 672-6644 today. Welcome to Inside the Huddle with former Gator QB Shane Matthews, WRUF Steve Russell, and the Hall of Famer, the head ball coach, Steve Spurrier. The Gators have won the ball game on a bomb. Inside the Huddle is brought to you by Crime Prevention Security Systems and Titan MRI. Now, let's head to the studio with Shane, Steve, and the HBC, Steve Spurrier, on ESPN 98.1 FM, 850 AM, WRUF. And good morning to you. Welcome to this edition of Inside the Huddle. You know who's here. Jake is going to produce our show today. We thank you for taking time out of your busy day to join us. And we have a lot of ground to cover, a lot of things uh, going on in the college football world uh the new college football playoff poll comes out tonight um lsu's big win florida's romp now hard to believe the end of the sec regular season's coming up for florida this weekend at missouri so a lot to talk about let's start guys with the gator game i know you've seen a lot of gator football over the years and with all respect to vanderbilt guys that they they were down a couple of quarterbacks, and it certainly showed that was... But give the Gators credit for going out and taking care of business. Exactly, Steve. Uh, one thing that I always liked in uh, Attila, King of the Huns, his book on leadership, one thing, one of his great quotes was, in battle, strive for big wins, decisive wins. And uh, obviously that's what we had Saturday, 56 to nothing over Vandy. And when you have a big win like that, it, it, it gives the team confidence. Uh, everybody gets to play. Everybody's happy after the game. So you get a total team camaraderie involved in a big win like that. And then you put it aside and get ready for the next battle. And uh, if you can win big again, go, go win big. Uh, and if you can't win big, well, you try to win the game, obviously. But uh, it was a good win for us. And uh, – Right now, we're in position to have a heck of a year. Yeah, I mean, I agree with Coach. You know, the first half, you know, should have been about 35 nothing. It was only 14 nothing, And, you know, a couple of interceptions here and there and kind of sputtered around on fourth down a couple of times. But, you know, as Coach said, anytime you, you beat anybody 56 nothing, have another shutout, uh, that's, what, three or four for the defense? Three. Def- three for first the defense since 88. So, it, it's good. I mean, you know, Vanderbilt was as bad as I've seen Vanderbilt in a long time. I feel bad for those kids, but we needed a win like that after the Georgia game, and now we go to Columbia, Missouri, where for whatever reason we haven't had much success against this team. But as Coach said, this team has a chance to win 10 or 11 games this year, and not many football teams have done that at this school. Have not seen a year when the quarterback position in the SEC has been so ravaged by injury and, and, Coach, we could see that last weekend. Bryant didn't play for Missouri. Now, it's a tough assignment when you go to Georgia, but they were held scoreless, so Missouri's offense certainly struggled. Yeah, Steve, there's a lot of injuries, uh, gosh, all over college football, pro football. Uh, interesting, last night they were talking about Russell Wilson. He's never been hurt, and he runs a whole bunch of times. He knows how to protect himself. Lamar Jackson uh, with the Ravens. Everybody said, well, he can't run like that. He's going to get hurt. But there's some guys that know how to avoid those bad collisions, and they keep themselves out of harm's way. And uh, to me, that's a, that's a big key right there, staying out of harm's way. So, uh, anyway, I know sometimes you can't help – 
injuries happening. But uh, I think there's something to, you know, being smart enough to keep yourself in a safe position. With Missouri, Shane, um, they have struggled. You know, I, I really thought, you know, we talked about that they would be a, a dark horse in the East, but it hasn't worked out that way. But, heck, they, they got to win just to get bowl eligible now. They do. Uh, I think they've had a disappointing year. I think a lot of people thought they could be a sleeper in the East. Uh, for whatever reason, they've had some injuries. Kelly Bryant's been hurt here and there. They, they've lost some games that, you know, you, you're like, how? So, I mean, they lost to Vanderbilt. They lost that Vanderbilt team. So, you know, it's going to be interesting because it's going to be an 11 o'clock start there. We don't know what the weather – we do know it's going to be cold. We don't know how cold it's going to be. How, and we never play well there for whatever reason. So I think it's going to be a challenge for Coach Mullen and his staff to get the team ready to play. But, again, they have a chance to have a tremendous year, and we don't really know what's going to happen in the Auburn-Georgia game. And remember, Georgia still has to play A&M. Coach, I, I wanted to ask because a lot of times with you guys here, the focus is on the quarterback, but I, I'm really amazed at the wide receiver group because, look, let, let's face it, all receiver you guys know, every receiver wants 100 balls thrown to them, and yet, at least publicly, you don't ever hear them complaining about how many balls get thrown to them, but the ball is spread around, and doesn't that make it more difficult for a defense to defend? Yeah, I wrote that down. Wide receivers, University of Florida, all those guys are really uh, exceptional. Uh, how often have we seen drop passes? Very seldom. Very seldom at all. They catch everything. And, of course, Kyle Trask throws a nice catchable ball. Uh, but sometimes they're low. Sometimes guys are all over uh, the top of them. Uh, but uh, our guys seem to make the catches. And you're right. The ball is spread around. There's so many good receivers. Uh, the, no one guy is uh, gets a whole bunch of passes. In fact, Ike Hillier, you know, was here uh, doing Mr. Two-Bits for the game. Got a chance to talk to him a little bit before. And I said – you didn't get a whole bunch of balls in that 94 game or this game. He said, no, Redell got them all in the SEC championship game then. And then we started talking. But he had to share it with Doring and uh, Travis McGriff later on. Uh, but Redell and Quezzy got their share of the balls too. So Ike made All-American, and yet he was one of three really outstanding receivers on the field. And that's what we have here now, guys that can really catch the ball and they block so well. Also, Steve, I, I'm amazed at that also. I, I want to piggyback on that because I've always wanted to ask Coach this because, as we all know, receivers, they want the ball thrown every time. You know, Willie Jackson was open on every play. He'd come back to the huddle and say, throw me the ball. But, Coach, you – I don't want to say you design certain plays for certain receivers, but I remember when we went Tiger, you put Aubrey Hill in, in at one of the tight end positions, and, and this formation, this play was designed to get it to him. You had certain plays where the players knew – that if the coverage was right, they were getting that throw. Uh, and I just – I've played for a lot of coaches, and they don't really design plays for certain guys, but he did. Yeah, that is interesting. I, I still remember before we played Maryland down in the Orange Bowl, last game I coached here, uh, Rache Caldwell told the guys, he said, Taylor Jacobs is going to have a big game because the way they play their coverages, he's going to catch a bunch of posts and corners because they played a lot of cover four across and so forth. So the receivers, they sort of going into the game, they knew who was going to get a bunch of passes uh, according to how the other team played. We will take a break and come back. A lot more coming up as we're going to look back on some plays of the week. Mm -hmm. We're going to talk about the upcoming poll, closer look at Florida, Missouri. Stay with us as we go inside the huddle. 
Everyone is raving about Titan MRI. With the highest rated MRI facilities in town, Titan MRI is the place to go. Titan MRI is the only locally owned and operated MRI center in town. Joe and his staff have more than two decades of experience in Gainesville and they'll help heal thousands of athletes in the local area. At Titan MRI, the average scan time is 10 to 15 minutes, so you'll have plenty of time to get back to living a life pain-free. Don't wait. Tell your doctor to refer you to Titan MRI or call them today at 672-6644. Hi, this is Steve Spurrier here, and I have some wonderful news for the Gator Nation. Our new restaurant, Spurrier's, is opening at Celebration Point in June of 2020. Spurrier's is going to be a restaurant to come to celebrate Gator victories, anniversaries, birthdays, whatever. There's no better place than Celebration Point in Gainesville. Spurrier's is going to be a one-of-a-kind restaurant with an exciting atmosphere and wonderful food. I'll see you at Celebration Point where the Gators come to celebrate. I'm Steve Spurrier, sometimes called the head ball coach, and I'm here to tell you I got the SUV that I drive from Davis. Yeah, Coach, the word is out, and everybody is loving what's going on at Davis Gainesville Chevrolet and Palm Chevrolet down in Ocala. I stopped by each of the dealerships last week and saw tremendous deals all over the place and also all over the place, orange and blue. What's that mean, Coach? If you bleed orange and blue, Davis is the place for you. Davis Automotive Group, the official hometown automotive partner of the Florida Gators. This is Jack Fine at Fine Farcash and Parla Piano. Have you been in a car accident or injured because of someone else's negligence? Let our local team of trial lawyers find justice for you. With more than 100 years of combined experience, our firm has the resources necessary to fight for people just like you. We go up against billion-dollar insurance companies every day to get you the compensation you deserve so you could focus on your recovery. Find Farcash and Parla Piano. When life changes, we're there. Offices, Gainesville. Inside the Huddle with Shane Matthews, Steve Russell, and Steve Spurrier on ESPN 98.1 FM, 850 AM, WRUF. Worry less with crime prevention security systems by preventing package theft with their doorbell camera. Contact them today at cpss.net. Welcome back to Inside the Huddle. It's now time for our Play of the Week. It's brought to you by Campus USA Credit Union. Put some star power to work in your financial life with Campus USA Credit Union. Whoever wants to start with your Play of the Week. Well, my Play of the Week is going to be Baylor. They had to kick like a 50-something yard field goal to force overtime, and then they go into three overtimes and defeat TCU to stay undefeated. That's my Play of the Week. Okay, my play of the week, it's actually going to be by the running back at LSU, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, I think is how you pronounce it. But he had two touchdown runs there in that fourth quarter that uh, pretty much won the game. If they'd had to kick field goals down there around that three, four-yard line or whatever, uh, that's eight points difference right there, Steve. And this kid, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, he, he, he's one of the best running backs in the country, no question about it. And uh, the one – First one, he sort of went in there and made a whirly bird move like Lamar Jackson and went around left end. And then the last one, he went around right end and ran through about three Alabama guys that were trying to strip the ball, I guess. Uh, but Alabama, they, they didn't tackle very well that game, obviously. But that Clyde Edwards, hell yeah, he's my guy for the play, plays of the game. And my play of the week, and you guys can help here, is that uh, 
What would you call that little flip, Shane, that Trask oh, did? Well, <laughs> I think they called it was supposed to be like speed option, but he mm-hmm. got stepped on by one of the offensive linemen and kind of lost his balance. And we all know he's not real quick of feet or foot or whatever. And he just kind of jump, jump shot. Yeah, sort of jump shot it out there. Very good play. And I don't know if it's forward or backwards. If it was forwards, it's a pass. If it's backwards, it's a lateral. But uh, it was an excellent play by Kyle. Yeah, they called it a pass. Actually, they did. Yeah, they gave him yeah. a pass. Yeah, mm-hmm. and that, so that's my play of the week. Again, it's brought to you by Campus USA Credit Union. Now, let's go to our question of the week, brought to you by Davis Chevrolet, the official hometown automotive partner of the Florida Gators. Real Gators Drive Davis. You've got a question for Coach Spurrier. You can do that by sending it to questions at insidethehuddlehbc.com. So that is where you send questions for Coach. And now i got to find my sheet with the questions. Uh, okay, I'll get those. Um, all right, I got it. Coach, we're going to get you some questions here. And your first question is going to come from Matt in Orlando. Last week we saw Ohio State try a trick play onside kick where the kicker push kicks the ball is caught by another Ohio State player. This is a game they were going to re- really easily win. They were up 14-0 on a 3-6 and six Maryland team. Purely from a strategy standpoint, is it worth it to waste the trick play in a game? You're going to easily win. I've heard it said it's good to do that sometimes just to get the play on tape. Is that the thought process? I'm not sure what uh, Ryan Day was thinking about uh, that onside kick unless he said we're going to do it about the third time we kick off or something like that uh, to see how it works. But uh, I don't know. I'd, I'd, I'd try to save one of those in, in case you really needed it somewhere along the line. But it, it, sometimes it's good to do it early in the game, an onside kick, just because uh, you probably get it early in the game. Tony in Gainesville, coach, says Dan Mullen was up by 40 on Saturday and kept going. I know in the past you've been criticized for continuing to run up the score when the game's essentially won. Is there a time to let off the accelerator during a game? I think what he was doing is letting all the guys play. You know, Emory Jones was in there. He hadn't had a chance to play much hardly all year, so he got a couple of touchdown runs and pass there and so forth. But when you let the backup kids play, heck, they want to score touchdowns. So that's the way we looked at it. We, we didn't call timeout to try to tack one on at the end of the games. Uh, but we'd let the, the backup guys go play. And if it, scoring happens in the normal course of the game, then that's what they do in baseball and basketball. You don't tell your basketball guys to quit shooting when you're way ahead. <laughs> true. And you don't tell your baseball guys to go up there and strike out. So just keep playing the game, and when it's all over, we'll see what the score is. Rick and Tampa, Coach. Saturday's game was a high-scoring game. How large of a lead do you wait before you put your backup players in the game? Generally, when it's no way you can lose a game, uh, we'd put we'd empty the bench probably. Uh, but yeah, you don't, you certainly don't want to put the backups in middle of third quarter with a two touchdown lead or seventeen point lead. It it generally has to be. There's no way we can lose this thing. Let's let all let everybody play, and that's uh, that's pretty much I think what most coaches do. Uh, Mark in Jacksonville, is it worth the extra effort to win a shutout, or is a win a win? In the long scheme of things, uh, the shutout's important to the defensive coaches and players. Heck, they said, shoot, we had three shutouts this year, maybe four. Heck, we might get another one before the year's over. So uh, it's something to shoot for if you're a defensive player and uh, take pride in that. So uh, somebody said, why was Vandy trying to field goal? And I said, because they didn't want to be shut out. And uh, we were happy they missed it. And that's just 
you know, it's just sort of self-pride uh, amongst the defensive team. Yeah, and this year the Gators three shutouts, the most since 1988. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Mm. Jackie and Yuli coached the final one. Which bowl game was your favorite, and in your opinion, which city is the best bowl game host? Which is the best? Uh, probably, well, the national championship game in New Orleans obviously was the, the biggest win, but those down in the Orange Bowl were, were pretty good also. In fact, we never lost one down there. I think we were 2-0, and and then even as a player, we, we, I won one down there back in the, after the 66 season. But, uh, yeah, i tell you what, they're all good. i tell you, I like the Gator Bowl when Shane won back in uh, – 92 season we'd lost the bowl game the year before uh, even though we'd won our first sec ever uh, in 91 officially uh, first one ever and uh, i was asking some of the boosters i said we had a pretty good year back in 91 didn't we he said yeah but you lost the bowl game i said okay so anyway <laughs> we didn't win the sec but we won the gator bowl and that was my first bowl win and uh, we were all happy because we won beat nc state in the gator bowl that's pretty cool yeah. um all right let's look back uh, guys at last week a little bit and, and obviously LSU Alabama lived up to the mm-hmm. to the billing you always want that when you've got a big game I don't care if it's baseball NFL whatever a game that's hyped it lived up to the height as you watch that game guys what were your impressions in watching it? yeah what I've noticed and one of the radio guys said you know the last last two games that Alabama's lost the other team scored in the 40s uh, Clemson I guess scored 47 and and then LSU was 44, is that what it was, 46, somewhere in there. But uh, the Alabama's, uh, Shane, we all know when we played them in the uh, 92 SEC game, they were first in the nation in total defense, scoring defense, run defense, and pass defense. They led the nation in, in every defensive category, and they did that a lot of years back in the 90s. But this this uh, Alabama defensive team is nowhere like those teams they used to have. That's that's what I noticed. Their tackling was grabbing, and guys were running through their arms and so forth. So that that was one difference that I really noticed about the Alabama teams. Yeah, I mean that that was a fun game to watch. Uh, I, what I what I saw was how the athletes that LSU had they used their abilities that you haven't seen that in the past. And and what Joe Burrow did was phenomenal. I mean, mm-hmm. at one time I think he was thirteen of thirteen against quality players like that. But he 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 made so many plays with his legs. He was extremely accurate. And again, you you can't give Joe Brady enough credit. Uh, the way he schemed, the way you know between him and the quarterback how they were on the same page uh i just thought it was a phenomenal game by lsu and and they were the better team i agree and joe burrow not only is passing but how about those runs he Mm -hmm. made he come running up through there and there wasn't any sliding he got forward uh, got his uh, pads down and and dove for all the yards he possibly could even ran over a few of those dbs on those runs so that guy i mean he's got the heisman locked up right now unless something unfortunate happens uh, down the road here. I'm a big history guy, and, and I wonder if we're going to look back on this a few years from now and see if there's a changing of the guard mm-hmm. in the West. You know, LSU had this on their back, couldn't beat Alabama, couldn't beat Alabama, couldn't beat Alabama. They do. Now, it took, Coach, you mentioned this, it took a phenomenal bunch of athletes to do that, but heck, LSU's always had those great athletes, just could never beat Alabama. I wonder if this is a, a change that we'll see in a few years. Well, it's going to be interesting to see what happens with both of these teams next year because they're going to lose their quarterbacks and they're going to lose a ton of those receivers. 
and you know they're going to have to recruit and, and you can go out and recruit the top quarterback in the country but they got to have a feel and understand what the quarterback is supposed to do in that system um because you got two defensive minded head coaches and they were all you know it was offense 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 so mm-hmm. it'll be interesting once those kids are gone do they go back to what they really believe in in playing you know smash mouth football if they do they're nuts I agree, but you got to have the right trigger man. That's the key. You do. And LSU has never had one, and they've only going to have him for one year. Yeah. Isn't it amazing, Coach, that you see a guy like Burrow, and he, he just looks like he's slightly built. He doesn't – but he, he, he must have a lot of inner fire because he's, he's so accurate and he's so good. He's not – as you said, he's not afraid to run. He's darn, darn good quarterback. Oh, not only that, but his attitude is really good. You hear, you hear him talk after the games and before the games, and he says all the right stuff. He really does. And I think they're not going to get full of themselves after this victory. I think they're going to get ready to play Ole Miss, I think it is, this week, and, and try to finish it out. They, they keep talking about this is a nice win and all this, but we, our goals are a lot bigger as we go down the stretch. Let's do our Team of the Week now. It's brought to you by Celebration Point, where Gators – Come to celebrate. Shane, I'll start with you. Team of the week. Well, it, it's just the Bayou Bengals. Uh, what LSU did, you know, having beaten L- uh, Alabama in eight years and what was on the line and to go into Tuscaloosa and do what they did, uh, my team of the week are the LSU Tigers. I, I'm going to go uh, outside the box here a little bit, and, I, and they've been my, my coach of the week before. How about Illinois? Mm-hmm. Coming back, buried by Michigan State, and they come back and win the game and now become bowl eligible when Lovey Smith was going to be fired a month ago. So that's my team of the week, the fighting Illini. I got a tie between Minnesota and Baylor. They're both 9-0 first time in, oh, I don't know how many years, especially for Minnesota. I think Baylor might have done it uh, 10 years ago or so. But uh, those two schools to be 9-0 at this time is, is really phenomenal, I think. So let's give uh, the row of the boat coach, P.J. Fleck, and Mark Rule a lot of credit for getting those guys where they are right now today. Coach, I want to ask you about Minnesota because – I mean, I, I don't know how many people they hadn't played anybody really. Their schedules, you know, back loaded, but that wasn't fluky. I mean, they I, they just don't you do you agree? Don't they just kind of beat a good Penn State team? Yeah, they did. It was a close game. It could have gone either way, but uh, they scored touchdowns and uh, and won the game. And they're in position uh, to win their division. And I guess we'll probably play. Well, actually, Penn State plays Ohio State, I believe, here pretty soon. And. Uh, so they got a good chance to win that Big Ten Conference. We'll see how it plays out. want to ask you um, about the firing of Chad Morris. Um, mm-hmm. it, it, you know, he, he did not get a lot of time. Uh, he, he was installing an offense, an assistant was, that was completely different from what Brett Bielema, you know, had been recruiting. Is this the norm now, Steve? Is this going to be where – Coaches don't get you know much time to, to do their building. I think their AD hit it on the head when he said the team was not progressing. Uh, they were going backwards. Uh, the spirit on the team was not good. And you know, when when you got to make a change, you might as well do it now. Don't wait to the end of the year or give them another year or whatever. So Arkansas is a, a proud bunch of people out there. They they love their football and they used to be really good. Gosh, I remember even ten years ago. Uh, when Arkansas was our common opponent when I was at South Carolina, and uh, I think they beat us more than we beat them. It was like five and four, six and four, something like that. Uh, but uh, Petrino had some really good teams out there. 
Do you think now, Shane, this is, you know, is, is it a case-by-case basis, or do, do you think coaches now will get less time to build? Well, I think Coach hit it on the head. I mean, if, if the administration isn't seeing your team get a little bit better and the, the, the guys on the team don't want to be there or be a part of the team, then you got to make a move. I, I just think, it, it, you know, Arkansas has a lot of tradition, but regardless of who they hire, it's going to be a long process. You know, I don't think they can win the West in the next 25 years unless they have just that one year. Um, but, but they haven't been competitive at all. We'll take a break, come back. We're going to have uh, much more to come. We'll talk about some of the games coming up this week. Closer look at Florida, Missouri. Stay with us. We are inside the huddle. ESPN, 98.1 FM, 850 AM, WYUF. Crime Prevention Security Systems has provided security and life safety to families and businesses in Gainesville and surrounding areas since 1975. Their mobile app makes security and home automation easy to use and affordable. With fast access to lighting control, doorbell cameras, and thermostats, crime prevention and security, and so much more. Contact them today, 352-376-1499 or cpss.net. Levántate con el mejor café cubana y comida cubana norte de Wake up to the best Cuban food and coffee north of Miami with Miapa Latin Cafe. Their breakfast sandwiches and arepas are made using the most authentic ingredients. Enjoy Cuban classics like ropa vieja and arroz con pollo. With great food, affordable prices, and friendly service from 7 a.m. to 10 p.m. every day, you can't beat the Miapa way. Visit them at either of their locations in Gainesville and Alachua. Miapa Latin Cafe, a proud supporter of the Florida Gators. Hi, I'm Coach Steve Spurrier, and I am a member of the Campus USA Credit Union. The Gator Nation has been counting on Campus USA Credit Union for over 80 years. Campus supports the Gators and our community. Campus membership is open to all UF students, faculty, staff, and alumni. Come see why over 100,000 members, like me, count on Campus USA Credit Union. So put some star power to work in your financial life. Visit CampusCU.com and join today. Hi, I'm Mark Herman with Mark Herman Company Heating and Air. If you're a Gator fan, you know the phrase, in all kinds of weather. That can mean different things to different people. For example, when I was playing center for the Gator football team back in the early 80s, I loved hearing the crowd sing it. It meant they appreciated our hard work and were standing behind us, win or lose. Now as the owner of my own business, the meaning has changed. It means that my team and I stick behind our customers. So if you'd like to save money on your utility bill, give our team a call and see how much we can save you. 378-9422. Hi, this is the head ball coach, Steve Spurrier. Join me, Shane Matthews, and Steve Russell every Tuesday morning at 10 a.m. for Inside the Huddle. We talk about the Florida Gators and all things in college football. You won't want to miss a minute. You can also listen to the show anytime at WRUF.com or listen to us on iTunes. Inside the Huddle with Shane Matthews, Steve Russell, and Steve Spurrier on ESPN 98.1 FM, 8.50 AM, WRUF. At Titan MRI, you'll visit the only locally owned and operated MRI imaging center in town. Call them up and start feeling better today. That's TitanMRI.com. Welcome back to Inside the Huddle. Got a half hour left, and it's time now for our Coaches of the Week, brought to you by Miapa Latin Cafe, the best Cuban coffee in Gator Country. Shaner, who's your Coach of the Week? Uh, it's Coach O uh, from Baton Rouge. Uh, you know, this was a huge game for him, his entire program, and uh, I'm going to give it to Coach O. Mm-hmm. Coach, what do you got? 
Okay, uh, you know, of course, uh, Baylor and uh, Minnesota guys had big wins, but I'm going to give it to Appalachian State coach. I think his name is Eli Drinkwich, and uh, he came from NC State his first year there. And App State has beaten North Carolina and South Carolina this year. So the people up in Boone, North Carolina, they're going to be a happy bunch of mountaineers uh, up there. <laughs> and uh, Boone is about 60 miles from Johnson City, so we sort of keep up with Appalachia State. Uh, the people up there do a little bit. But to beat the two big in-state schools uh, of the Carolinas is, is pretty neat for the Appalachian State people. I'm going to be obvious that P.J. Fleck, I mean, what, what he's done at Minnesota. You know, Minnesota – in its history, has actually won some national championships, but the last one I think occurred when Dwight Eisenhower was president or something. They, they've not been very relevant, and I got to be honest, I did not think they would beat Penn State. I, I just thought the bubble would burst, but give him credit. Mm-hmm. PJ Flex rowing the boat. Is it year two or year three for him there? Three, I three. Yeah, three. Yeah, I think so. Very well. mm-hmm. um, all right, let's take a look at some of the games coming up this week. Um, headlined by Georgia-Auburn. There are going to be a lot of Gator fans that are going to be rooting for the Auburn Tigers this week, that's for sure. The way these two defenses play, guys, you'd think this would be a low-scoring game. I think it will be. I think uh, I personally think Auburn's got the best defense in the country, uh, but Georgia's defense has not given up a rushing touchdown the entire year, which is amazing at this point uh, of the year. So, hey, you know, I'm pulling for Auburn just like I think all Gator mm-hmm. fans are. I just hope that they can somehow generate some type of offense to score some points. Yeah, I agree. Uh, if Auburn can score maybe 17 or something, they may have a chance uh, in this game. Uh, but it, it'll be a heck of a game and uh, a lot on the line, especially for the Georgia Bulldogs. And uh, and Auburn, I, I guess they're pretty much out of the race. But uh, their coach, I keep hearing that the Coach Malzahn is a little – bit on a hot seat or he may go to Arkansas and all that so there could be uh, implications of, uh, of where he coaches next year you think I mean he we all know his Arkansas roots mm-hmm. do you think Malzahn would leave and and understand that he has that massive rebuild to do well I, I think they would give him being an Arkansas kid give him time there plus now he doesn't have to deal with the pressure at Auburn mm-hmm trying to compete to win the SEC West against Alabama and LSU. I mean, Arkansas ain't going to win the West. Let's be honest. But he can probably go make them competitive. You don't think so, Coach? You think they can? Well, they've done it twice. Well, that was – that was that, <laughs> I, I agree, but – They did it with uh, Houston Nutt there and Danny Ford. Yeah. Yeah, remember when Arkansas wow. – Danny, uh, Danny yeah. Ford was in the SEC? Yes, Danny Ford. Coach uh, we that. beat him in 95, the 95 wow. SEC game. We happened to beat them 34 to 3, but uh, anyway, they won the uh, West that year. And then uh, Houston Nutt took a team to Atlanta also. So once uh, a school has hit a certain peak, uh, their fans feel like, hey, if we could do it five, ten years yeah. ago, why can't we do it now? And that's just the way the fans are going to be everywhere. And uh, if you're a coach and you can't hit that level that they used to be, uh, the fans aren't going to like you. Yeah, remember, I, we were talking yesterday, Shane, uh, Arkansas mm-hmm. actually played Florida in an SEC championship game with Urban, yeah. and then they had Felix Jones and Darren mm-hmm. McFadden. They had real talent then, yeah. but it's uh, not been the case lately here. Uh, speaking of Baylor, guys, college game day is in Waco. They've been to, they've been to some wacko places, and today it's or this week it's Waco. So Oklahoma-Baylor. Well, I mean, Baylor early in the year, they were scoring a lot. 
the last couple of games they've struggled offensively, but they've played great defense. I mean, it's at home. Oklahoma, for whatever reason, they're not playing great defense again. I just I think there's too much firepower for the Sooners. I'm going to lean towards Oklahoma, but it would not shock me if Baylor continues their success. Yeah, I'd go the same way. Oklahoma is a very good team that just did not have a good day up at Kansas State, and, and that happens. Sometimes one loss uh, gets you going in, in a better direction. So we'll find out if Oklahoma they, – they may have to beat Baylor twice, you know, the first and second place team uh, play for the championship uh, after the season's over. Okay, I, I couldn't wait to do this with you all here. L- let's just assume this happens, okay? Georgia wins out, wins the East, and plays an unbeaten LSU team in the SEC championship game, and Georgia wins it. That gives LSU one loss against the SEC champion. Alabama wins out, has one loss, but doesn't even win the SEC West. Now, I know a lot depends on you know Clemson and you know some of these other schools, but if conference championships mean something, then should Alabama be considered in that scenario to be in the top four? Well, I think if you win, if you win your conference championship, I know coaches talked about it, it means a lot, and it should put you in some type of playoff. But the world we live in today, I don't think Georgia would get in with the voters – uh, I think LSU would still have an opportunity to be in the in the Final Four, and I think Alabama would as well. That's going to be real interesting if that occurs, Steve, because uh, theoretically you could have three SEC teams in the Final Four if uh, they want to put Alabama in there. The only thing about Alabama this year, that their schedule has been so fairly easy. They don't have any real big wins over some of those national teams. But, again, uh, the committee, uh, yeah, it's going to be interesting. There could be a whole bunch of one-loss teams Mm -hmm. uh, at the end of the regular season and the end of the conference championship game. So the committee will take some crap any way they go. (laughs) No matter which way they go, there's going to be some people upset this year. I really believe that. And, and you know, it's going to be interesting, too. Let's just use the Mm Pac-12. If the Pac-12 champion has one loss – Right, yeah. they've got to go in before a one-loss Alabama team that doesn't win a championship. I mean, am I wrong on that? I, I mean, I, I agree. I think conference champions should deserve to have another opportunity to go win the national title. But with the system right now, there's going to be some good teams left out. Does LSU have a letdown? They got to go to Ole Miss, and that's a rival game. You know that, Shane. <clears throat> Any chance of a letdown there? I don't think so. I just think they have too much firepower on offense. Ole Miss. They're running the football pretty well. Uh, it may it may be a close game early, but I just think LSU has too many athletes, too much firepower. Yeah, Ole Miss will be fired up. They will be looking for an upset. It would be a feather in the cap for their coaches and their team if they could do that. So uh, uh, who knows? Who knows if that huge up it is at Ole Miss? So uh, who knows? But LSU is definitely uh, probably a stronger team. You know, I also thought Clemson would get a test from Wake Forest, and then Wake Forest got beat last week. Again, if Clemson doesn't lose, and they probably won't, I mean, they've got to be in the top four at the end, don't they, if they don't get beat? Yeah. I mean, they're defending national champs, so they're going to be put in. Uh, they haven't played a, a very good schedule either. But being the, the defending national champs, mm-hmm. I think they're going to give them an opportunity. If you had to bet on one team being in the Final Four right now, out of all of these – 
it would be Clemson because their schedule. Uh, LSU, Ohio State, uh, Minnesota, Georgia, they all got some tough games down the stretch here. So Clemson, uh, their path to get there is, the I think, the cleanest of everybody in the country. One of my favorite segments is coming up. Coach Spurrier will do chalk talk. He'll draw up a play, and we're going to talk more Florida-Missouri. We'll talk more about the playoff as well. Inside the Huddle, ESPN, 98.1 FM, 8.50 AM, WYUF. Crime Prevention Security Systems has provided security and life safety to families and businesses in Gainesville and surrounding areas since 1975. Their mobile app makes security and home automation easy to use and affordable. With fast access to lighting control, doorbell cameras, and thermostats, crime prevention and security, and so much more. Contact them today, 352-376-1499 or cpss.net. Gators Dockside is your Gators Sports Headquarters. We've got the most games on the most screens, including our three huge projector screens. So rep your orange and blue, bring your friends, and join us for the best wings in town as chosen by the Gainesville Suns People's Choice Awards. We're also serving up mouth-watering burgers, sandwiches, and salads. And don't forget about our daily two-for-one specials on select drafts, house wine, and liquor. Make Dockside your Gator Sports Headquarters and never miss a minute of the action. See you at Gators. Hi, this is Coach Spurrier here, and I have some great news for the Gator Nation. Our new restaurant, Spurrier's, is coming to Celebration Point in June of 2020. Spurrier's is going to be a restaurant to celebrate, and there's no better place for celebrations than Celebration Point in Gainesville. With prime premium destinations like Bass Pro Shop, Nike, Palmetto Moon, and Regal Cinemas, I am beyond thrilled to be a part of Celebration Point. Spurrier's is going to be one-of-a-kind restaurant with an exciting atmosphere and amazing food. I'll see you at Celebration Point, where the Gators go to celebrate. Hi, I'm Coach Steve Spurrier, and I am a member of the Campus USA Credit Union. The Gator Nation has been counting on Campus USA Credit Union for over 80 years. Campus supports the Gators and our community. Campus membership is open to all UF students, faculty, staff, and alumni. Come see why over 100,000 members, like me, count on Campus USA Credit Union. So put some star power to work in your financial life. Visit CampusCU.com and join today. Hi, this is the head ball coach, Steve Spurrier. Join me, Shane Matthews, and Steve Russell every Tuesday morning at 10 a.m. for Inside the Huddle. We talk about the Florida Gators and all things in college football. You won't want to miss a minute. You can also listen to the show anytime at WRUF.com or listen to us on iTunes. Inside the Huddle with Shane Matthews, Steve Russell, and Steve Spurrier on ESPN 98.1 FM, 8.50 AM, WRUF. Connect more with crime prevention security systems and easily view cameras at your home or business. Contact them today at cpss.net. Okay, we're going to have Coach Spurrier do his chalk talk, so I'm going to slide my mic over and he's going to draw up a two-point conversion play. Okay, Steve, uh, the reason I'm drawing this play up, it's the play Georgia ran against us, but it was the play we ran down with the Orlando Apollos uh, several times, two-point play around the three, four-yard line. In fact, we called it the Alamo play because we put it in when we were in San Antonio, and obviously the Alamo's right there. But anyway, Georgia ran this play, and uh, exactly like we tried to run it, we had pretty good coverage on it, but their kid made a, a diving catch. But anyway, I got it set up here. Most teams sort of zone up the field. Uh, right here, they got uh, eight guys, only rushing three, and they're really zoning up the field. 
So this guy, he just sort of keeps that guy over here. Just, you know, keeps him over here. This guy goes in, acts like he's going in there, but then he comes back out, and that's where their kid made a great catch right there. But if for some reason, this guy's up here. This guy goes in and up and works the back of the, back of the end zone up here. And uh, in fact, their guy was in pretty good shape uh, when he made that diving catch. Over here, sometimes you can do different things. Uh, in, in, in case you get a man-to-man -man coverage. But what the quarterback gets it, and he just sort of looks right through here. If this guy's all covered, we try to hit him in the back of the end zone right there. And uh, But if this guy's covered, you hit him right there. Uh, Georgia snuck it in there somehow. Uh, if they miss that and we stop that third and seven, I think we get the ball and go win the game. So that, that was a huge play for the Bulldogs, and that's exactly how it worked out right there. Okay. Love it. <clears throat> Coach, let me ask this. Shane, you too. Fans just think two-point conversions sort of come out of the air. But you know, how much time do you spend, Coach, you know, getting those plays, and how many, how many do you have generally? Well, in the uh, alliance, you know, you had to go for two every All touchdown. The time. Yeah. So we'd have a period every day against our defense, uh, uh, going against them on two-point plays, uh, or at least 10, 10 15 minutes, two-pointers all the time. I wish I could say we were real good at it. I think we only made about half of them. And, uh, and our defense gave up more than uh, I thought we should have. So anyway, it, uh, it can be a big part of the game, especially when you have to go for two. All right. Let's uh, time now to give us uh, top four as the committee meets tonight. Shane, I'll start with you. Who is your top four before the committee has its new poll tonight? Uh, I'm going with LSU, Ohio State. Clemson and the Golden Gophers of Minnesota. Wow. Well, eventually one of them, Ohio State or Minnesota, is going to lose. Yeah. But I'm a, I was shocked at what they did to Penn State. I, I thought Penn State was a much better team, had too much speed, and I was extremely impressed with them. So for mm -hmm. today on November 12th, the Gophers are in my top four. Wow. I agree 100%, Shane. I was thinking the same thing. They may not end up in the top four, the Minnesota Golden Gophers, but I think they deserve for this week uh, to be fourth on the list. I don't think the committee will probably put them there. Uh, but for us that admire a team that's gone 9-0 in a pretty good schedule uh, and beat Penn State, who was number four last week, why shouldn't they be in there at number four? Do you think, though, when the committee makes this decision – they're going to put Alabama in the top four. I do today. I think it's going to be LSU, Alabama, Ohio State, and Clemson will be the four tonight. It's, that's my guess. I don't know what it'll be. I do not know what it'll be, but uh, I guess time will tell. Somebody's going to be yelling and screaming no matter what happens. <laughs> well, it's interesting because Alabama, Georgia, Oregon, Utah, Penn State, Oklahoma are all eight and one. Now, Minnesota, in the coaches' poll, is seventh. So they moved up a bunch, but they right? Were, they were 17th in the uh, poll last, last week, so I can't see them going from 17 to number four, but who knows? Mm -hmm. Yeah, but they've got a chance. They went up six spots in the coaches' poll. They could easily put Georgia in there, too. Georgia yeah. or Alabama would, would probably be the team in there. But uh, just for what uh, Minnesota has done thus far, I thought maybe they deserved to be there. Let me talk about now um, Florida and Missouri. Again, you're you're talking about – Coach, I don't know how many games you all played in you know, 
quote, cold weather. Is that anything that you discussed with your team at all, or just go out and play? Not really. Just uh, just go play. Uh, yeah, I think our guys will be ready to, to go out there. And Our defense had such a good game last week. They want to keep it up. And uh, see, I mean, shoot for a shutout. If they score, well, then try to hold them to seven or three or whatever. But uh, uh, you, you got to bring your defense on the road because sometimes in funny climates or conditions, uh, the offense could struggle a bit. So uh, we got to make sure our defense is really ready to play out there. Well, the biggest issue from a quarterback standpoint in cold weather is and, and receive more skilled guys, get your, get your body temperature up, get a little sweat going, and then the cold weather goes away. Uh, you know, it's, it's, it, hopefully Kyle can, can grip the ball. He'll probably may wear a hand warmer or something like that just because that way it gives you a little sweat on your hands and you can grip the ball a little bit better. But, I, you know, in the 30s, it's not bad. It's going to be sunny. As long as there's no whole lot of, a lot of wind, we should be okay. Is it is it tougher to grip the ball in cold weather as a quarterback? It, it may be a little bit, but we all played high school ball at night, had some cold games, and you just really didn't think about it. Just go play. In fact, uh, we actually uh, South Carolina. We actually beat Missouri in overtime on a cold night out there. I think in 2013, I believe it was, which was uh, I think the first overtime victory that I ever had as a coach. Wow. I wasn't very good in overtime. We lost most of them. <laughs> uh, but we won that one there, and then actually we won one here in the Swamp in uh, 2014. But uh, anyway, that's uh, – yeah, our, our guys I think will be ready to play out there. You know, if you're in Missouri, I, I guess the motivation for them is just getting to a bowl game. There's been some heat on uh, Barry Odom because, again, I think given the schedule, I think fans you know, thought this would be better. But I want to go to the quarterback situation for a second because look what's happened to just about every team that's had a quarterback or two go down. Their seasons have splintered, not Florida. When their starter went down, Florida has managed to keep its ship afloat. says something about that position and those coaches and what they've done. Yeah, Kyle Trask gets a lot of reps, uh, even back when Felipe was okay. And uh, he was ready to go in there, and uh, he made a bunch of big plays in that Kentucky victory, which was huge for us. Yeah, it's, it's paid off. I mean, you go back and watch training camp uh, before the season started. Uh, it was Felipe, Trask, and Emory Jones. They got so many reps with the ones. I don't know how their rotation was scheduled, but Brian Johnson and Coach Mullen, they, they, they always had those guys working with the, with the first unit, and obviously it's paid off. You know, <clears throat> Coach, we get calls all the time about, you know, play Emory Jones more, um, <clears throat> the fact that uh, Tony had a couple of touches and he was electric when he touched the ball. When you were a play caller, did you try to get the ball? In other words, hey, i got to get the ball in this guy's hands. Or was it just, hey, what, what was open, we called and we did it? Oh, certainly uh, you'd put a particular player in for a, a different play or this, that, and the other. When we ran the uh, flanker reverse, we, we didn't run it with uh, Doring. We, we ran it with Quezzy Green. Although Doring could have run it. Don't get me wrong. Oh, boy. Uh, we got to tell him that. No, no, no. <laughs> now, Chris Doring in the slot, he's better than Quezzy yeah. in the slot running uh, cover two posts and corners. Uh, but on, on a reverse, like uh, Canarius Tony, that, that's the guy that gets that. So little things like that. Yeah, you definitely put the particular player in uh, for a particular place. Mm-hmm. 
Well, no, I mean, that's when, I, when I've coached. You have certain plays for certain players mm-hmm. and certain receivers. I've always said this. You know, a lot of coaches that I played for, they think every receiver can run every route on the route tree and they're good at it. That ain't the case. Some guys like Willie Jackson was really good at running digs, middle routes, corners, but he wasn't a great go route runner. So you don't call it for him. But some coaches think every receiver should run every route. But uh, that that's why certain plays were certain guys. Mm-hmm. Coach, I, I want to ask, um, both of you have coached, and I think it's pretty fascinating because, Shane, you mentioned as a receiver, you know, they're always open mm-hmm. and they always want the ball. Well, kids want to play. You know, if you're a defensive guy, you want to play a lot of snaps. If you're an offensive guy, you want to play a lot of snaps. And we talked about the receivers, Steve. Diabate the other day had three sacks. He only played 19 plays. Lucas Kroll played more plays on special teams, 25, than he did. So I think it says a lot about this team that at least outwardly they're not they're just taking the plays they're given. And you know, Coach Mullen is saying, look, I don't care how many plays you play, play the best you can play. I, I think that says a lot about where these kids are unselfish as a team. Do you agree? Oh, definitely. Those wide receivers. Uh... And they volunteer to cover punts and kickoffs or whatever. They they love playing on the special teams. So, yeah, there's good uh, good attitude within the entire team. Well, you know, as Coach said, Van Jefferson runs. He's one of the gunners and a starting receiver. But I think I don't know if Coach Mullen these they're stressing it or guys understand now. Everybody's goal is to get to the next level, playing the National Football League. Well, you're going to be a young guy coming in and you may not be one of the star guys on the team, you're going to have to play special teams. And so why not do it at the collegiate level and help your football team out? Mm-hmm. Steve, I want to ask, uh, as, a, as a college coach, more and more now we're seeing coaches getting fired this time of the year. And, of course, there's names floated out there. You know, Mike Leach here, uh, Campbell from Iowa State, wherever. How much of a distraction can that be to those football teams whose coaches are being mentioned for other jobs? I don't know how much. Uh, I guess I've never been in that situation uh, to experience it. But uh, it, it possibly could be if, uh, if the coach is uh, indicating that he's open to talk to people and stuff like that. Usually the coach just says, listen, I haven't, I haven't talked with anybody. Maybe his agent has, uh, but he, he needs to say he's not talked with anybody. He loves the job he's got, and he plans on being here a long time. So that's a common thing to say uh, without being dishonest. So I think you'll hear those coaches, uh, maybe the coach at uh, Memphis, uh, Telford, and Campbell at Iowa State, uh, say those comments uh, when asked about are you staying or leaving. Uh, but a lot of those guys have big buyouts, too. So it's not as easy to just go find a ball coach nowadays as it was 15, 20 years ago. And, and the other thing, too, is if you get whispered as a possible, yeah. uh, like P.J. Fleck, he got a new brand-new deal pretty quick. Got a new seven-year deal. <laughs> yeah. But uh, sometimes I'm asked, uh, what was your buyout at Duke before you came down here to Florida? I said, buyout? I didn't even know what my salary was the next year. We went year by year up there, Steve. I'd go in with, to meet with the AD after the season. I said, what am I making next year? He said, well, you did okay this year. I'm going to give you a 10% raise. So you're going to go from 75000 to eighty-two. And I said, okay. Uh, so the next year we <laughs> – we went uh, seven, three, and one, and uh, I said, "What am I going to make next year?" 
He said, you did, you did pretty good this year. I think I'm going to bump you all the way up to, yeah, maybe give you a 12% raise, get you up to about 96 or 7, something like that. I said, well, I read in the paper where Mac Brown's making 250, and we've beaten North Carolina two years in a row. <laughs> he said, well, we don't have as much money as them. And I said, well, I said, well I'll just I'll take whatever. And uh, so I was free to go when, when that third year was over. That's great. We'll come back. We'll wrap up today's Inside the Huddle. ESPN 98.1 FM, 850 AM, WAUF. Everyone is raving about Titan MRI. With the highest rated MRI facilities in town, Titan MRI is the place to go. Titan MRI is the only locally owned and operated MRI center in town. Joe and his staff have more than two decades of experience in Gainesville and they'll help heal thousands of athletes in the local area. At Titan MRI, the average scan time is 10 to 15 minutes, so you'll have plenty of time to get back to living a life pain-free. Don't wait. Tell your doctor to refer you to Titan MRI or call them today at 672-6644. I'm Steve Spurrier, sometimes called the head ball coach, and I'm here to tell you I got the SUV that I drive from Davis. Yeah, Coach, the word is out, and everybody is loving what's going on at Davis, Gainesville, Chevrolet, and Palm Chevrolet down in Ocala. I stopped by each of the dealerships last week and saw tremendous deals all over the place and also all over the place, orange and blue. What's that mean, Coach? If you bleed orange and blue, Davis is the place for you. Davis Automotive Group, the official hometown automotive partner of the Florida Gators. Levántate con el mejor café cubana y comida cubana norte de Miami. Uh, I need the English version today, please. Wake up to the best Cuban food and coffee north of Miami with Miapa Latin Cafe. Their breakfast sandwiches and arepas are made using the most authentic ingredients. Enjoy Cuban classics like ropa vieja and arroz con pollo. With great food, affordable prices, and friendly service from 7 a.m. to 10 p.m. every day, you can't beat the Miapa way. Visit them at either of their locations in Gainesville and Alachua. Miapa Latin Cafe. A proud supporter of the Florida Gators. It's football season, and you know what that means. Endless circling to find a parking spot. Not if you're on two wheels. Gainesville Harley-Davidson has the ride for you, and their 2020 lineup is one that any Gator fan would stand up and cheer for. Check out Livewire, Harley's first electric bike with seamless throttle experience. No clutch to release, no gears to run through. You just twist and go. Get in the game at Gainesville Harley-Davidson. Go to GainesvilleHarley.com. Gators Dockside is your Gators Sports Headquarters. We've got the most games on the most screens, including our three huge projector screens. So rep your orange and blue, bring your friends, and join us for the best wings in town as chosen by the Gainesville Suns People's Choice Awards. We're also serving up mouth-watering burgers, sandwiches, and salads. And don't forget about our daily two-for-one specials on select drafts, house wine, and liquor. Make Dockside your Gator Sports headquarters and never miss a minute of the action. See you at Gators. Inside the Huddle with Shane Matthews, Steve Russell, and Steve Spurrier on ESPN 98.1 FM, 8.50 AM, WRUF. At Titan MRI, no insurance is no problem. And Titan MRI has same-day scheduling available. Call them up and start feeling better today. That's TitanMRI.com. Okay, we've got about a minute left. So, Shane, I'll start with you. Does Florida take care of business at Missouri? I think 
I think so, Steve. I think, uh, you know, as Coach said, defense played well last week. We don't know if Kelly Bryant's going to play. But I, I think this team is being preached to that, you know, you have a chance to have a great year. Got to take care of the Missouri Tigers because we haven't had much success against them. Exactly. Yeah, a couple of wins here at the end. A really nice bowl trip. This team can finish in the top ten, and that's that's a wonderful season, Steve, anytime you finish in the top ten in the nation. And I hope that fans don't take those kinds of seasons because I think sometimes if you don't finish in the top four, the, the, the impression is you don't have a good year. It would be a heck of a year if Florida – was able to do that. That is our Inside the Huddle for this week. We thank Jake Hitt for producing it. We thank you for being part of it. Back here again next Tuesday at 10. Don't forget Shane and I back at noon for Sports Scene. For Shane Matthews and Steve Spurrier, I'm Steve Russell. Thank you for listening as you listen to ESPN 98.1 FM, 850 AM, WYUF. less and connect more with crime prevention security systems. View cameras at your home or business or prevent package theft with their doorbell camera. Crime prevention provides security and life safety with affordable packages and an easy-to-use app that gives mobile control of your home or business. Get a text notification when the kids get home from school or be notified if you forgot to set the alarm when you left. You can even get a notification if you didn't close the garage door. For home or office, crime prevention can do it all. Contact your local team at Crime Prevention Security Systems. Winners are the best of the best in Gainesville and the Ethics and Business Award. Crime Prevention provides security and life safety with affordable packages and an easy-to-use app that gives mobile control of your home or business. For home or office, Crime Prevention can do it all. Winners are the best of the best in Gainesville and the Ethics and Business Award. Trust the team at Crime Prevention to secure your home, family, and business. They're large enough to serve you, small enough to care. It's intercepted by Florida. Touchdown! Thanks for listening to Inside the Huddle with former Gator QB Shane Matthews, WRUF's Steve Russell, and Hall of Famer, the head ball coach, Steve Spurrier. If you'd like to ask Coach a question, email your questions to questions at insidethehuddlehbc.com. Podcasts are available at WRUF.com, the WRUF app, and anywhere you get your podcasts. Picked up by the Gators at the 35. Touchdown! Inside the Huddle is paid for by Weeby Marketing.